This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, July 16th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The U.S. departure from Afghanistan is underway, and yet it's clear the White House doesn't want to give up authorities to go back into the country or be compelled to end bombing in Afghanistan. So the question is, if the bombs continue to fall, is the war really ending? John Glazer directs foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. We spoke this week. As of this recording, the United States has not yet been in Afghanistan for 20 full years, uh, but it's certainly the better part of that uh, 20th year. So what am I missing? Why do I have less hope about this departure than the headlines would seem to indicate I should have? Well, I think that's natural and understandable. Uh, It was always known, even among advocates of withdrawal like myself, that, you know, the withdrawal would be associated with a time period of of chaos. There's been a civil war slash insurgency brewing in Afghanistan for the entirety of this nearly 20-year-long U.S. presence, but the insurgency is not over. Uh, The Taliban are still alive and well. And, you know, as the United States has been withdrawing, Uh, Most of it is done, uh, 90% of the way there or so, and the Taliban have been sort of on the rampage, gaining territory in northern Afghanistan, um, uh, obtaining uh, checkpoints and border crossings and collecting taxes on the local population as well as on imported goods. Um, Violence is up, you know, uh, the refugee crisis has increased in the past two weeks. Five or 6,000 people have fled since January. I think the number of newly displaced people is something like 270,000. Civilian casualties are up in the last uh, few weeks, uh, up up 30% almost over last year. And so this was an expected um, sort of bloodletting and chaos, but it doesn't negate the necessity of withdrawal. We couldn't resolve the problems in Afghanistan, and uh, we still can't, and, and therefore withdrawal is absolutely the right thing. Would we have seen something like this 10 years ago? Absolutely. No matter when we chose to withdraw, I think it would have, it would have looked somewhat the same. The problem in our current scenario is that we've spent 20 years bolstering the Kabul government, which is one of the most corrupt entities in the world, and can't sustain itself without that ex- external help without that outside help from the United States. And in fact, one of my primary concerns beyond the current uh, violence is that U.S. involvement in this conflict is actually not over with. We're withdrawing troops from the ground, but you know the, the head of Central Command, General Kenneth McKenzie, promised continued U.S. financial and technical assistance to the Afghan government. Uh, civilian members of the Biden administration have made similar sounds. They're repositioning military assets just outside of Afghanistan into neighboring countries uh, in order to maintain the ability to bomb Afghanistan should they find it necessary. And with the way that we've been treating other countries in which we're engaged in hostilities in the global war on terror, I think it's sort of predictable that we will continue to have a violent uh, impact in Afghanistan and possibly even some kind of presence uh, for the foreseeable future. It seems like tactics are changing, but the mission uh, hasn't ended. Yeah. So Joe Biden wants the headline. Donald Trump wanted the headline that uh, the U.S. is leaving Afghanistan. But to the extent that we are uh, massing somewhat uh, on the border or nearby for bombing, 
how do they say that this war is ended? Or how will they say that this war is ended if we're still dropping bombs there? You know, it's hard to say how it will play out. I, I think, uh, as you say, there, Biden right now is focused on how it looks. And how it looks is a president saying this war is over and we need to withdraw our troops. And I think America that plays well with a lot of Americans. Uh, more than 70% of the public supports withdrawal. But they don't look closer uh, in between and behind the headlines, so to speak, um, to notice that U.S. policy is is uh, geared towards further engagement in this country, just like they don't know about the seven to 12 other countries that we're uh, actively involved in, in in hostilities in and occasionally bomb and have low uh, numbers of, of uh, special forces in there. Um, you know, Americans are broadly unaware of the global war on terror as it is currently manifested. And I think politicians uh, prefer it that way. So what should the U.S. be doing? I mean, I, I spoke with Gene Healy recently about uh, ending the 2001 AUMF that uh, authorized uh, hostilities uh, for a, a fairly narrow group of people um, that has been stretched to the limits. And uh, it seems that I guess the administration uh, and I guess all administrations would want the ability to have their cake and eat it too. That is to say, get the headline that we're not at war in this country anymore, but continue to drop bombs there. Yeah, look, I, I definitely think the executive branch will continue, whoever's president, the executive branch seems prepared to continue this kind of approach, um, this kind of sprawling, borderless permission slip to engage in any kind of violence as long as you say it's terrorism related. Uh, and, and in order to stop that, as long, the, the executive branch will continue to do that as long as there's a 2001 AUMF that, that authorizes it. Um, unfortunately, the politics in Congress right now suggests that to the extent that there's support for repealing that, there's about equal support for replacing it with another uh, resolution that gives another blank check of some sort to the president to engage in these kinds of activities. What I also think we need to do is, you know, we need to test the, we need to test how genuine Americans' concerns about Afghanistan really are. You know, there's a lot of hawkish uh, folks that uh, constantly advocate military action everywhere, and sometimes they pull on heartstrings to do so, R2P or humanitarian intervention, or we have the obligation to do this or that. But if they really want to protect Afghans who are under threat from the Taliban and future tyranny, they can welcome them to our shores. Um, and I think we have some obligation to do that, having um, been in this country for nearly 20 years. And, you know, the support for that is moderate in, instead of uh, more widespread, like I think it ought to be. But that's something that we have control of. We can manipulate who we let into this country and who we give asylum and refugee status to. We can't really manipulate what's, you know, the reality on the ground in Afghanistan. And so I think we need to focus on what we can do as opposed to what we wish we could. John, that's pretty grim. You know, uh, yeah, it's grim, but I think you know. I think we should take stock of the progress that has been made. I think that, by and large, um, there's a constituency of uh, the elected officials in 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 Congress, and um, uh, I think incoming administrations for a while will have to deal with 
public pressure and war fatigue to, uh, to, to stop this kind of approach. The fact that words like restraint and withdrawal uh, you know, aren't colored with things like cut and run, um, and that we can actually engage in that kind of high-level, national-level debate about a real alternative and drawing down these wars. I mean, the debate, the discourse really has progressed, and it's in its progress that we're actually withdrawing ground troops from Afghanistan. It's just that we have to keep pushing. There's still much more to be done. John Glazer directs foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.